Well, praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you for being here this morning. If you missed the Bible conference this week, you really, really owe it to yourself to go back and listen to those uh, DVDs. I was talking to a guy yesterday, and he said, I wasn't able to be there Tuesday night, so I listened to it Wednesday morning. And he said, I've never felt the Holy Spirit come through a monitor like he did. I can just imagine what it was like to be there. It was tremendous. We've had a tremendous week this week. Now, praise the Lord. Then, uh, is, is the camera zoomed in on me? Y'all zoom that camera. Can y'all swing one up there and see our young people up there? You can't? Where are you at? Who said no? Y'all all look alike up there. You young people, stand up. Hey, we're great you're here this morning. Look at that group. Amen. Praise the Lord. Y'all sit down now. Behave. <laughs> uh, this is the first Sunday of Launch 24. We expect some kinks and we expect some things have to be tweaked a little bit. Uh, but our whole goal was to try to ease up, uh, uh, especially this second service where there's more room. And, uh, and then our goal is to reach those uh, that are not here. And uh, evangelism and discipleship, the two main uh, things of this church. And I praise God. Thank you for your faithfulness. Nehemiah chapter 2, beginning in verse 17. Also, I preached last Sunday morning, the last 815 service we've had, uh, on the state of the church. And uh, it would be great if you'd go back and listen to that, just to keep us all on the same page. I want to go ahead and continue preaching about the church all during the month of January, just with the topic, uh, let the church be the church. Uh, my staff gets mad at me. Or they don't get mad. They just get upset. They you know, uh, because I'm old-fashioned, uh, and, uh, uh, yeah, amen, thank you for me and you both, I'm in, uh, and I, I, I have this thing about my, my goal, uh, my, my theme is, uh, Woodland Hills Baptist Church, where church is still church, I, I like this thing, I, I don't know what's going to happen when I, when I leave this place and get out of here and go to my heavenly home. I don't know what y'all would do then. One of the reasons for changing this up is I don't have to preach an 815 service. Brother Case preaches at 915 here. And, and also, this, this creates another solution. I had a guy tell me this last week, Preacher, I just don't go to Bible study. Now, I'm not going to get in one of them small groups. I listen to you preach all day long, but I'm not going to get in one of them small groups. I said, well, I got good news for you. You can come at 915. And you can hear Brother Case preach, and you can just keep your little old self right there warmed in that seat, and then hear me preach, and then you can stay on there to the afternoon and hear Brother Case tonight if you want to. Uh, well, that wasn't what he's looking for. We're trying to take all your excuses out of the way, but that does uh, honestly help me be able to uh, uh, not preach three times on Sunday morning, just two. So that is a, that's a marvelous thing for me. Uh, Nehemiah chapter 2 beginning in verse 17 we'll just read two verses and uh, this uh, as we continue on let the church be the church uh, this is my 19th January 
a new January in this church. August will be 20 years, and then we'll go to 20 years. Out of those 19 years, uh, 14 or 15 of them have been starting the new year off with construction projects. Uh, it's been like that kind of pretty well the whole time I've been here. And today, we, we, we begin a new year. We uh, have a new sports pavilion that's going up out here. It's almost complete. Uh, everything except we, we have money. Everything's paid for except the flooring. We want to get a nice flooring there for uh, people where they won't kill themselves on the concrete. Uh, but other than that, it's all ready. And then back behind it, just a little bit, is a beautiful chapel. Uh, it's going to seat about 250 people. Uh, and... Uh, uh, the building is finished, and the, the front wall should go on this week, and the staple there is an old, old, old antique steeple uh, that's over 100 years old. And then uh, there's a, a semi-circle glass over the door uh, that's well over 100 years old, uh, closer probably to 125 years old. And it's going to look like an old-fashioned country church. It's going to be beautiful there. It's going to be a, a thing that all of us can use and be proud of. What I'm saying, though, is this. I'm not just talking about building buildings. We're building churches. We're building people. We're investing in the future. Uh, and so I want us to just consider that as we continue to go through the month of January. Stand with me, if you would, please. Nehemiah chapter 2, beginning in verse 17. Then said I unto them, Ye see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lieth waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come, and let us build up the wall of, Jeru of Jerusalem, that we may be no more a reproach. Then I told them of the hand of my God, which was good upon me, as also the king's words that he had spoken unto me. And they said, Let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for this good work. Then if you would flip over to chapter 4, chapter 4 of Nehemiah, verse 6. So built we the wall, and all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof, for the people had a mind to work. Father, thank you this morning for allowing us to be here. Thank you for the great music. Lord, what a blessing it's been. We ask you, Lord, to have your way during this service. Lord, I pray you'd protect us uh, from the weather that's coming. And uh, be with our, especially our senior adults and those who are living alone, God. Watch over them. Keep them safe and warm tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There's a plaque in an old English church that reads this. In the year 1653, when all things sacred throughout the land were demolished or profaned, Sir Robert Shirley built this church, whose singular praise is this. To have done the best of things in the worst of times. To have done the best of things in the worst of times. Those middle years of the 17th century were trying times. Charles I had been beheaded. Uh, there was mockery of a trial there. Anglican churches were being closed down. Presbyterians were being harassed there. And Sir Robert Shirley did the best of things. He built the church. Building a church can be the best of things. A church is a physical monument to the presence of God. 
I know there's nothing holy and sanctified about this building. We're talking about the people inside of this building. But I want to tell you, this building, people drive by all the time. Luke 281 is full of traffic almost every day, all day long. And it looks here, and they see the presence of a holy God because of this building. It's a representative of the people of God. So to build a church is one of the best things regardless of the times. And I confess, the times are no better here now uh, than they were in uh, mid-century England in the 16 and 1700s. Uh, more than 200 Nigerian Christians were killed two weeks ago. Churches shut down and burned uh, all around. You won't see a lot of the news because news people aren't there in those places. But the people of God are being harassed and they're being uh, shut down. And uh, so we need to focus on the things that will continue to make this church a great church. I don't think, in my mind, as an old fashioned person, I'm not willing to paint everything black in order to please you young people. Y'all need to enjoy color, it's really nice. I'm not interested in turning the lights down and putting a big spotlight up here on the show. That becomes more of a performance, and we're here to do a worship service and not a performance. I'm not interested in going with the new fads and all. I'm interested in making sure that the Holy Spirit of God shows up in this place every time we meet for church. That's the important thing. We may be here, but if he's not here, everything we do is in, is in vain. When Nehemiah arrived in Jerusalem, he called together the leaders of Israel. He told them how God had led him there. Remember, he was a cupbearer. We don't have time to go through all that, but he literally tasted of everything for the king. And one day the king says, I notice your countenance is not real good. Well, is there a problem? He said, how can I be happy when my Jerusalem lies in waste? And so he says, hey, you can go. Take some people. We'll, I'll sign a letter. We'll get you whatever you need. Go back and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. That's why he said, my God has supplied all of this. On April the 16th, 2023, less than a year ago, our church adopted a future building priority list. Included nine things. As we stand here today, five of those things are complete or almost finished. They're complete. What we thought was going to take another five or six, seven years has been done in less than a year. And in the midst of all of that, if you haven't remembered, last uh, May, June, somewhere in there, we paid off a $2.5 million note on the children's building. Hey, all of that's come from God. God has blessed us there. Now, some of those projects are going to have to be adjusted, but uh, the academy... Uh, is, is, is in the process of being built. I'm not sure it'll ever be built. Uh, <laughs> but the, the new sports pavilion is there, and, the, the, and then the, the chapel, and then the uh, uh, asphalt. The money is in the bank to finish asphalting all the rest of the rocks here and go on around everything. You won't have to walk in any rocks or mud, ladies. I mean, isn't that going to be glory? It, it's there. It's ready to be finished there. Uh, and then, uh, then we've got some other future things. It, was just, it, it may be a, uh, adjusted some. But what I'm trying to tell you is this. Our God has supplied the needs. He's done that. Let me give you three things and we're through. 
Oh, they turned. Oh, there's my clock. Okay. I didn't figure they'd turn that off. Let me give you three things. We'll get out of here early today. Amen? It's going to require, first of all, an unfaltering trust in God. We're going to have to trust God. It cannot be a wavering trust. We cannot be wishy-washy in these last days. If this church is going to continue to go on and grow for the Lord Jesus Christ, we're going to have to have some unwavering support. And it's not for the preacher. It's not for the church. It's got to be support of God. Whatever God says do, that's what we need to be doing. The task and the uncertainty of the times need to drive us to our knees because we're living in these last days. The question today is not, uh, are the times right? My gosh, we'll never get to the right times. The question today is not, is this too big for us? Because we, we, anything's too big for us. The question today is, is it God's will? Is God says, I want a church, I want a lighthouse that's going to stand on the word of God, not compromise. It's going to upset the preacher some. It's going to upset each. Listen, but the word of God, it, it will not wither. It's not like the grass. It's not going to fade away. It's the word of God. If our only recourse then is that, then we must obey. The church is an essential part of a Christian's life. Having a Christian with no church is like having a bee with no hive. It's like having a quarterback with no football team. It's like having a sailor but no ship. Why? Wow, it's like having a tuba but no band. We, we need the church. This church is essential. Not only to those of us who are involved here, but I'll be honest with you, I believe with all my heart, the only reason God has reserved judgment this far on America is because of godly churches that are spread out across this country. I think if those churches were not there, I think God would have already destroyed this place. We know who Jesus is. Dr. Bob Pittman preached one of the best sermons I ever heard in my life on who Jesus is. Who is he? He says that there's three cases. He's either demented, that means he's crazy, and you need to get that CD, that DVD now and listen to it, because if you're a Walmart person, you'll, you'll really be blessed. He's either demented, he's demonic, or he's divine. And if he's divine, the next question is, what are you going to do with him? If he's demented, you, you don't need to have anything to do with him. He's crazy. If he's demonic, you better stay away from him. But if he's divine, where I come from, you can't say, no, Lord. Mm. If he's Lord, then it's got to be yes. Whatever you say, Lord. Now, this group here, they were living in times where it's the same thing happening today. Jesus Christ, he was one among many. He's good, but he's not best. He's great, but he's not the greatest. He's a prophet, but he's not the Messiah prophet. And that's the same thing as the world that we live into. Uh, but no one had any idea that those little hands, as they reached up in that manger uh, to, to grasp a hold of Mary, his mother, uh, those little hands were going to be the not the way to heaven, the best way, or the only, he is the only way to heaven. 
Those little hands, they grew up to say that he walked on this earth, he healed the sick, he raised the dead, he did the impossible. And then he turns to his disciples and he says, after all of this world says who I am, who do you say I am? And Peter said, thou art Christ, the son of the living God. And you remember what God told him, what Jesus told him? He said, you're right, Peter. You get an A+. Plus. But now listen, you didn't get that because you were smart. You didn't get that because somebody taught you that. You got that because the Holy Spirit of God revealed it to you. It's the Holy Spirit of God. Listen, that same God is with us today. You either accept him or you reject him. Uh, God, the Spirit of God was sought us, and the Spirit of God called us. The Spirit of God has enlightened us. It's like the prodigal son sitting in the pig pen, and he's there. <laughs> Excuse me. And, 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 and he's in the mud, and, and it's like a light clicks on. He says, oh, my, I need to go back to the Father. Well, I had it better back then. I'll go back and just be a servant. They wasn't living in the mud. They wasn't eating out of the hog trough. It's like a light came on, and he goes back. We understand this morning, as the true children of God, that it's not Buddha that's delivered us and raised us up. It's not Muhammad. It's not Joseph Smith. It's not some preacher. It's not some evangelist. It is by the blood of Jesus Christ that you and I are raised up. That's it. We're saved through the blood of Jesus. And because of that, it's a true church. We need to sing like the true church. We ought to worship and we ought to serve and love and we ought to spread the news that Jesus is still wanting to save sinners we got to trust God. If we're going to continue on, there's no room for wavering. Secondly, though, it's going to require commitment to the task. Whenever people attempt a great undertaking, there's always going to be opposition. There's always going to be criticism. It can be expected. We're expecting it in Launch 24. I mean, you know, we're all human. And Dr. W.A. Criswell tells in his autobiography about the first church he ever pastored. It was called Devil's Bend Baptist Church. And he found a group of people there that he called Ginners. Ginners. And uh, what it was is they opposed everything. They were against everything. They just Ginners. I'm again it. I'm again it. He said one day, it was at a church business meeting, somebody proposed that they place a fence around the cemetery. Well, one of the Ginners stood up and said, I'm against it. He said, nobody in the cemetery is trying to get out, and I can't think of anybody outside that wants to get in. I'm against it. We don't need it. Listen, we respect differences. We respect different opinions. And, and, but, but I want to tell you, in a loving way, Ginners cannot keep us from moving forward for the glory of God. We must go forward. Those who would simply say there's no need for anything we do or more convenience, you know, I, I find that amazing, you know, how their homes are beautifully furnished and, you know, very few homes. I know it's kind of modern now, but very few homes are built out of, out of tin. <laughs> That's what these buildings are. They're beautiful tin. 
And I think it honors the Lord. I'm not saying let's build a $30 million thing here. I'm not saying that at all. But I am saying that how we present ourselves will directly determine how we witness to other people and what people have and think about the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I remember, like yesterday, it's a nightmare. That thing called COVID. Mm. I, I guess in all of my 52 years, that was the most trying time of my entire life. I, I, I just, if you remember right, the, the week before the government came out and said nobody can meet, we met right over here, all in these halls and, and up the stairs and at the top of the building, it was jam-packed. And we dedicated a brand new $2.5 million children's building. It was packed. And the next week, we can't use it. And I'm telling you, I, I, what went through my mind, I'm telling you, I, I hope my soul or church is going to be able to make it. Because you, if you don't know about Woodland Hills, we don't have, I talked to a pastor this week, God love him, his church has over a million dollars in savings. I said, my soul, y'all do know we need money here, don't you? <laughs> I mean, we have the idea that the Lord gives us money to use to build the kingdom of God. And we don't need to be foolish about it, but I want to tell you, there are missionaries, there are projects all over this world that we can spend money on for the glory of God. I, I'll be honest with you, I'm not asking you to give to this church so we can stuff it up somewhere. It's going to be used. Is the church going to make it? I mean, there's a lot of churches that didn't make it. Closed their doors. They're still closing their doors. Went bankrupt. Bankrupt. There's the voices of gloom and doom and preacher. We, we can't do that. And I'm telling you, I spent some time. Dear, dear God, we got to know something. We've got to do. This can't happen. And God gave me a scripture in Psalms chapter 20. Said, "The Lord hear thee in the day of trouble. <laughs> the name of the God of Jacob will defend thee." Send thee help from the sanctuary. He's talking about the sanctuary on high. God going to send help from the sanctuary on high and strengthen thee out of Zion. And I mean, within 10 minutes, the thought ran through my mind. If we can't meet in here, let's go to the parking lot. I came over to the office, spent 40 minutes looking for a book. I Probably should have thrown it away years ago, but I didn't. It was by Robert Schuller, <laughs> The Crystal Cathedral. I said, I got to get a hold of that. I know in that book. And I began to read that book again of how he started out out in California before the Crystal Cathedral. They met in a drive in theater. He got up on top of the hot dog shack and preached from up there. And they all hooked their speakers onto the car. And, and tuned it in, and Schuler preached until the entire park was filled. <clears throat> I said, Lord, we got to do something like that. I'm not real tech savvy, but my son says, we can do it with an FM transmitter. And so the next Sunday, we never missed a beat. We had a parking lot service out here. 
But still, there was near, not near as many people at the parking lot service as what we normally would have in church. I said, Lord, you know, we, we, we don't know what's going to happen. And I watched during that time, not a building, but it's people. And I had people come, influential people, that said, you cannot do that. They don't have anywhere to use a bathroom. I said, they just wear a diaper <laughs> or bring a coffee can. <laughs> They're not going to get out of their car. Do you remember? We had a pole. You drove by and put your gift in the, in the offering plate there, and nobody touched you. Nobody was near you. Our deacons did a marvelous job of parking cars, and we said, when you want to say amen, just toot your horn. Beep, beep, all through that whole thing. And I watched here as this staff rose up and you people rose up and we were cooking meals every day of the week and delivering to different shut-ins. You all had a part in all of that. I thought, somebody's going to have to pay a Cisco bill. We did vacation Bible school that year online. Mm. Daily programs and live stream. And I remember what Ada did. W. Tozer had said years ago, it stuck with me, don't celebrate the gift. Celebrate the giver. And I said, Lord, all this is good, but Lord, financially, what are we going to do? And when all the smoke had cleared, our giving for that period of time was more than 20% above what it was a year ago at that same time. Listen, our God's got the resources. He's going to supply our need. We, we've got to trust him, and then we've got to make a commitment to do our part also. Uh, how did that happen? How can you explain something like that? It's the Lord. It's the Lord. <laughs> well, glory to God. It, it, it's the one that sent ravens to feed old Elijah. <laughs> it's the one that got water to come out of a rock. It's the one that took a lad's lunch and fed 5,000 people with it there. It's the one that caused the apostle Paul to say in Philippians, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. That's our Jesus. That's the Jesus we worship in the true church. I know the struggles. I remember very well people that had family in the nursing home had to go outside the window and tap on the window and talk to their people through the window. I remember that. I remember you had someone in the hospital. You couldn't go. I got thrown out of the hospital. And usually if I wear a tie and everything and all and just kind of walk around like I know what I'm doing, I pretty well can go anywhere. But not during that. Some of you lost loved ones during that time. And you had ten people had to sit six foot apart through the middle of all that. I pray that kind of stuff never happens again. I really do. 
But I watched every day as God used ordinary people to do extraordinary things. And I honestly, looking back, <laughs> I think God used it to shake the church up. Some of them missed church and never missed a beat. They didn't care one way or the other. But boy, some of us were hungry for fellowship and hungry for the move of Jesus in our lives. This is not the time to be a mamby-pamby Christian and whine. This is the time to say, Lord, I'm not going to waver. I'm going to stand with you. Let me give you this last thing, and I'm through. It will require an undivided spirit of cooperation. We're in this thing together, every one of us. One man didn't do the work of rebuilding the walls here. Nehemiah said all the people had a mind to work. We're one church in two locations, but I'm going to tell you, at Mason Creek, those people have the same spirit that this church has. They'll roll up their sleeves. They do block parties. They make visitations. They do youth ministries. They do children's ministries. They have 100 kids over there on Wednesday night. Not a one of you have gone. Well, there is some that have the Davidson go over there. Amen. Praise the Lord. But outside of them, not a one of you have gone over there. They've taken care of it there. Over 100 children every Wednesday night. Feed them and, and teach them the things of God. This church has a spirit of a desire to work, and I praise God for that. I really do. There's no way it could have been done. No way. No way possible. When Jesus built his church, when he was asking them, hey, I know who the world says I am, but who do you say? And Peter said, well, you are the son of God, the Christ, the living God. And then he said this. He said, Thou art Peter. That's a small rock. And upon this rock, this rock of Jesus, he said, I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. <laughs> there was a tourist traveling in Germany, and he went to a church that was famous for its windows. And he got looking around, and he thought, well, they're pretty windows, you know, but there's nothing extraordinary about them. And the caretaker took him to a certain spot that morning. The sun was rising in the east, and there he saw a beautiful window with Christ meeting with unlearned men. The caretaker, he said, man, that's beautiful. He said, if you'll come back at noon, I'll show you another picture. So he went back at noon that day, and the caretaker took him to a certain spot, and uh, there was Jesus walking on the water. He said, that's the most beautiful picture I've ever seen in my life. He said, if you'll come back tonight about sunset, I'll show you another picture. He went back about sunset that night and took him to a special place there. And there was Christ dying on the cross. And you know the moral I got out of that? Is you'll never understand the fullness of the glory of God when you're outside the church. You've got to get in the church. You've got to get in the church. Let the word of God go forth from this place. On the day before President John F. Kennedy 
was killed. He spoke to a group of space scientists in Texas. Maybe one or two of y'all were there. He talked about the dreams for the space program. The United States, he said, had tossed its cap over the wall. And he said, now we'll climb the wall and explore the wonders on the other side. I would tell you this morning that we have tossed our hat over the wall. And now we will spend 2024 climbing that wall and exploring what God has for us. It's going to get good. There'll be some hills to climb. There'll be some valleys to go through. But I tell you, when all the smoke clears and we hear that trumpet and we hear that shout, we're going to say it's going to be worth it all, children. It's going to be worth it all. One of the saddest things is, as I was studying this sermon and preaching this is that the real truth is there'll be some that are here this morning that won't be here a year from now. They will have dropped out. The world would have distracted them. Please don't let that happen to you. You need to be saved. Maybe, young people, you've made a commitment to the Lord this week. Maybe you need to make it public before this church. Maybe you've never been saved and never invited Christ into your heart. I invite you to come be a part of the family of God. Maybe today you need a church home. God's been speaking to your heart. I don't want to manipulate you. don't want to talk into anything. But if God has spoken to your heart, just obey God. And come be a part. Father, thank you today for allowing us Again, to worship and praise you. You're a holy name. You're a majestic, glorious, wow, son of God. Would you move now in our midst? Would you have control of this service? Could we be obedient to the Holy Spirit's calling? In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand together? I'm going to ask you.